minute or two late, but uh, that's all right because we're celebrating tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. My name is Matt Rury, and I'm here with Calvin Chamberlain, my co-host, as always. You can give us a call at 323-642-1484 if you'd like. Uh, but first of all, we've got we've to play this celebration song for Calvin because it's a party. Right. That was fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Oh, yeah. it <gasps> you tell me why, Calvin. I'm going to throw some cold water on this one at some point really? during the show. I... But you should be excited. You've got the best player in the NBA coming to Los Angeles to be a Laker, LeBron James. It's been 10 days since, since we found out, but... This is our first show since then, so here we go. How do you feel? Really, I, I was concerned that we maybe you we, you weren't in the celebratory mood. I I thought for a moment I wasn't going to get my song, but uh, yeah, you played it. So now now I'm now I'm in the mood for a little uh, a little basketball Good. talk. Good. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, listen, I, you should you should be happy. You should be excited. Four years of LeBron, LeBron James is going to put your franchise in a better place than it was before. But my spin on this is that it's not. It doesn't make the Lakers a, a championship-caliber team right now. So we can debate that for the first 20 to 30 minutes of this show. But I'm going to let you start and go where you want to go with this thing because now you're gonna, you get to watch LeBron James. I don't know how you feel about that because if you come to Boston, it would have been a tough pill for me to swallow to have to root for that guy. Yeah, here's the, here's the thing, Ray. There's no, there's no water cold enough to ruin – my enjoyment of this moment. And, and I realize there's water out there to be. Yeah. There's, there's water out there. There's, look, I've long been a LeBron hater. And I'm, I'm sure I will be annoyed at some point by LeBron, the person, and, and his demands slash, like, you know, his, his nature. But he is coming into it in a way that he didn't with Cleveland in terms of, like, Yo, okay, I'm going to trust the management. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get involved. Although I question, you know, how much he actually got involved in the moves that the Lakers made. Um, yes, the Lakers. I, you know, you know. I, I, here's one thing. Can I just say? First of all, it, it's hilarious to me, and we can we can get into me being wrong about Paul George down the line. I mean, we got a full show here. You know what I mean? Yeah, we will right we'll touch on that for sure. But like. He, he, I don't know. I, I you know, I, uh, before he joined the Lakers, I was sort of following, you know, all the other blogs, and there's this like weird notion out there that like, uh, the, 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 it, it came, you know, some of it came from YouTube, like this notion that like, oh, by LeBron going to the Lakers, like that means he doesn't want to win, and like so therefore he's not going to go there. He's going to go to Philly. He's like going to resign in Cleveland. Like, sure. The Lakers are, the Lakers yeah, are, I mean that that crossed my mind for sure because I mean I still don't think that the Lakers are going to be a winning team, and we'll get into the, those reasons why. But continue. You don't think they're going to be a winning team? See, well, I mean, no, all right, the, they'll be over five hundred. I just honestly, Calvin, my immediate take on this thing is that the Lakers might not even have a home playoff series this this year. Next year is a little bit different story because we'll see what happens. There's another big free agent year coming up. But this current year, this current NBA year, the way things are shaking out right now, uh, I, don't, I don't think the Lakers are going to finish in, in, the, in the top five in the Western Conference. In the top five in the Western Conference. 
I'm saying I, that I, that I that there's the, like not even a tiebreaker situation between the four and the five last year uh, for for Utah and Oklahoma City, or I believe it was. Yeah, um, I'm saying the Lakers do not get a home playoff series this this season. Okay, well, uh, they're not going to be a, a, a four seed with, or have that tiebreaker. I think they're going to be a, still in the bottom bottom three. You out of your within mind. the playoffs. I, I, we're gonna have we're gonna have to workshop this and, and work out some sort of bet scenario because yeah I already think that you're out of mind. And, and that's I don't know, man. I, listen, I, I I just I feel like the, the other teams around are just gonna be coming after him, and the way the roster's shaking out, yeah, you've got a good mix of young and veteran players, but it seems to be like you've got a lot of guys that could blow up at any time, and it it just looks like the they're gonna be Cavs okay. West. But a little bit okay. younger and and more talented because of that youth. Okay, okay, hold hold on, hold on, hold on. We're moving too fast here. Let's get, let's, get, let's go back to the to the point that I was trying to make when you turn into because because now I have to respond to this thing you're saying about Cavs <laughs> because they yeah they're definitely yeah, they're definitely more talented than the Cavs were last year straight up. I'm just yes. throwing that out right now. Okay, sure. they're a more talented team than the Cavs were last year. Now. Look again. Let me let me go back to LeBron. I'll get into other moves the Lakers made uh, after that because I don't I don't love everything they did. I will I will grant you that. I'm not. You know that's that fine. I'm not. Yeah. Focus on LeBron. Yeah. Focus on LeBron. That's the, he's the big story here. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, you know I'm going to focus on myself as well because I am a Laker fan and I don't really get I don't really talk about the Lakers as much as I talk about the Celtics because uh, we have a lot of East Coast listeners or whatever. So when I get the opportunity, you know, and the Lakers have been bad. Even though here's a, this, this is the thing that I was trying to say before, Rory, and I, I'm going to say it again, the Lakers actually have not, have not been like all, all all the fans of, in all these blogs are saying, oh well, if LeBron, you know, he's not going to go to LA because like they're bad, but like all of all of those people didn't account for the fact that the Lakers had the fourth best record in the NBA after the All Star break. Yes, they had, they had by far the worst record in the league before then, and the Celtics fans should know this because uh, like. You know, at the halfway point of the season, the, the Lakers were on track to give them that pick, and it looked, even though even then I was still skeptical it was going to happen. Again, they had a better record than a lot of teams. They had a better record than the Spurs. I think they had a similar record to the Celtics in the second half of the season. So to act like they're this just this team with no talent is like is it's a dumb notion to me. Like like for some reason, and, well, and I, I didn't. I certainly didn't like, say no talent. I didn't say that, but I, I'm not putting them over Houston, Golden State, or Oklahoma City at this point. And I, I like what Utah uh, was last year, and I think they, they can st- take a step in the right direction. So there's your four. And if Portland is right there in the in the mix of things, then I right now would go with Portland over the Lakers at, at five. But uh, I just listen. I. I I just think there's too much talent out there in the Western Conference. And New Orleans is no slouch either, even though they lost Cousins and Rondo. Anthony Davis is still a force. Minnesota is probably going to be better than they were last year. I just I feel like there's a lot of teams that, that uh, were ahead of the Lakers last year that LeBron James does not automatically jump ahead of because of their talent. If he's in the Eastern Conference, if he went to Philly, they would outright be the favorite. That's not even close. They, I would pick them over the Celtics if LeBron was on the Philadelphia 76ers. If he went back to Cleveland, I would still put them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just, I can't even, I, I can't even fathom him going to the Western Conference and dealing with 
the the talent and that is out there and the depth of some of those teams and being able to win right away. I just don't see it happening this year. Like I said, the following year, once they're sort of in a groove, maybe this is why he signed a four-year contract. I can absolutely see them making a move and being better. I just I'm focusing on this year and thinking the this this team the way it's shaking out right now doesn't they just don't seem to be that great to me. And LeBron is a huge upgrade, sure, but I don't it, 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 he doesn't jump you ten spots in, in the in the conference. I don't even think he jumps you six. No, here here here's the thing. One again. What I said about the second half of the season, they were they were the third best team in the West in the second half of the season last year. You want to say that's nothing? That's fine, okay. But but if you if you add LeBron into that situation, it's not it's not just I'm not saying that it's like okay that half they would have they would have been the third. But let, let's just say that they, that like they were around the seventh best team. You know, last year if you take in, into into account their growth, right? Or they would be this year. Not not last year. Let's say if you take into account their growth, they'd be around the seventh best team without LeBron, right? Adding LeBron to that is a different notion than adding LeBron again to the to the team that's the tenth best. But but, but, sure. but besides that, but even besides that, Rui, and we again we have a full show, and we'll, and we'll get to these teams later. But I have things to say about the Rockets. I have things to say about the Thunder. I have things to say about the Minnesota Timberwolves. I I think that you're that you are you you're sort of blanketly looking at how these teams played last year and saying, well, like the Lakers aren't going to jump all these teams, but I think some of these teams are going to jump themselves first of all, and secondly, I, I think that like the gravity that LeBron brings as an offensive force is like is such to the degree, and by the way, he fits the style the Lakers play perfectly, which is like the, they were the fastest paced team in the NBA last year. I don't know if you realize that or not, but like they played at a faster pace than the Warriors. I think like that full court game will, be, especially with like guys like Alonzo, say whatever you want about him, but like he is going to fit so well with LeBron. Non-shooter. Yeah, the non-shooter. I, just, I don't understand. So LeBron doesn't is not playing with pace though. So the Lakers played with pace. That's great. Did the Cavs play with pace last year? And I mean, you could argue that it's the supporting cast around him that that is uh, that it w- was forcing the Cleveland to not be that great on offense. But I just. He is the man. He's he's the guy that dictates all of that stuff. So I, I don't see how that you how you can just say he's going to fit perfectly within yeah. the Lakers' number one pace well, in the league. It just well, it's, I, it's, I, he plays a different game now, Calvin. Yeah, the, the Cavs didn't play with that much pace last year, but the, the two previous years they did play with pace. It is interesting that you're right. They that the Lakers, and, and we'll talk about this a, a little bit more in a second. But like they, the Magic is talking about how they want to like change the way LeBron plays and they don't want him to like yeah because LeBron see, did, has been like thing. LeBron in four shooters and they're trying to go for like a more bruising style apparently with LeBron which I find to be interesting but regardless my bigger point is look no matter how they choose to play with LeBron LeBron's like LeBron's ability to like gather extra offensive attention is going to help whoever his teammates are anyway and you'll see Cleveland like Cleveland in, in you know they now have like uh, are projected to uh, at least by Vegas to have like the third best, third worst record in the league, significantly worse than the, than the Lakers had last year. You know what I mean? So you can't tell me like okay, if you put LeBron on a better team, and I'm not saying oh oh they're going to beat the Warriors and like uh, and so now yeah like now I feel confident about them getting a championship. I'm not I'm not going that far. 
But I think that you're going too far in the other direction to say, well, like, ah, oh, this team can't compete. Because, one, I mean, three. No, 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 no. Just, I'm not saying they can't compete. I'm not, I'm not saying they can't compete. I didn't even say that they wouldn't make the Western Conference Finals. All right? I'm just telling you, I don't think they're going to have a home playoff series because the regular season is going to be rough for them. And to me, I mean, I mean, LeBron right now is not a guy that's playing for the regular season. Maybe some of the Lakers, the rest of the Lakers will be. I'm not sure, but I'm I'm just telling you that things seem to start slow when he goes to a new place, and uh, they just they will be feeling things out. I'm not betting against them in the playoffs. I wouldn't do that, and and I I'm just telling you that it's not going to be because they have home court. It's going to be because they've gelled as a team. And their young guys have taken steps forward, and LeBron has actually changed his game because I think he's going to need to change the way he plays basketball a little bit uh, to fit in as well as as he needs to to be able to win championships for the Lakers. Now, I'm, I still wouldn't pick them in the playoffs against Golden State uh, for sure, and we'll see how things shake out. I really am going to be bullish on Utah this year, I think, uh, and I do still like what Oklahoma City brings to the table. So. Those those three and I mean Houston is still Houston until something gets blown up there. I mean they they still are a team to be reckoned with. So I, I I'm not saying anything either way come playoff time. I just think it's going to be a tough regular season compared to what people from my perspective are saying it will be. People are just anointing the Lakers uh, to be something really special right right off the bat in the first year, and I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, you know, I, I see what you're saying in terms of, like, even though, again, I, I, don't, I don't completely agree. I, I don't completely disagree either. I, I, I see what you mean about, like, uh, maybe it's, it, they get off to a slow start. And just because, like, again, LeBron, it's just the force of his personality and, like, the way he wants to do things. Like, you know, and we, this is a good time to, like, sort of yeah. also talk. It's growing. So talking about LeBron That's all Lakers, it is to me. I, we we can transition this a little bit to like you know LeBron when he first arrived with the Cavs and and all of the stuff that's all of a sudden coming out about him and Kyrie's relationship sure. it's, it's super interesting I I'm sure you you've been on top of it right and it's the latest story that like yeah but how when he first came and like he refused to shoot the ball uh, in in a couple of games to like try to give object lessons to Kyrie Irving and Dion Waiters and how like uh, Kyrie Irving like. Never wanted LeBron apparently, and like uh, made statements about it, and then like LeBron uh, called Kyrie Irving soft. So, I guess now the yeah, latest story is right, so coming this out. This kind of digs into a, a Kyrie t- a discussion that I want to get into a little bit later because there are things that came out of that story that that are concerning if you're a Celtics fan and want Kyrie t- to stick around. But we we're sticking with LeBron here, so I won't get into that. But I just I feel like there's going to be some growing pain. pain so continue. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I mean, we can get into Kyrie, yeah, down the line, but but just the LeBron part of this, of, of like LeBron coming to a new situation and then exerting his will, that is, the, like, again, you know, when it right. came out that, that he said, like, that the thing I liked the most about the about the LeBron, other than the fact that, look, again, um, when I when I was saying that there couldn't be cold water thrown on it, what I meant is that the Lakers have been crappy for years now. You know, if I, I, I felt like this sucks. I felt like they were on their way to becoming better anyway, and I enjoyed the young Lakers. And there are things I'm upset about losing Julius Randle for nothing. There's no question about that. That's a tough um, one. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would get it if they, like they moved him in some kind of scenario or they got a second major free agent. 
but to lose Julius Randle because they needed to sign Rashawn Rondo and re-sign KCP, like that, yes, that, that's not ideal. Okay, I don't love it. I don't, I don't right, like so a lot of things about it. Pause right there. You mentioned you mentioned Rondo. I, I think that Rondo is intriguing here because, for a, a few different reasons. I think that he's very similar to Lonzo Ball. So to me, them bringing Rondo in for one year uh, is them really saying, actually, we're going all in on Lonzo Ball, and we're going to do everything we can to get a guy in here that plays the game the way we want Lonzo to play the game. And on that same token, I still think that Rajon Rondo is playing to prove himself and for a contract. So I think that you actually might have a, a point guard battle in 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 front of you here, and I think that you're going to see uh, national TV Rondo quite a bit, if, as long as he's healthy, especially alongside LeBron James. I think he's going to play pretty well, uh, and you're going to see some triple doubles uh, from both of those point guards. And the big thing is that if Rondo can push Lonzo Ball to to be better, then I think it's a brilliant move for the Lakers because it's, they're essentially the same player, in my opinion. Uh, they're very similar anyway, the, the way that that, uh, that Ball started his career last year to the way that sort of Rondo played in his first couple of seasons with the Celtics. So um, I, see I, think it, I think it has potential to be a good move, but the problem is we all know that Rajon Rondo is very strong-willed and that he is kind of a my way or the highway type of guy. So, Calvin – They've got a lot of different personalities coming into a new situation in Los Angeles, and they're counting on these guys to get along. And that is going to be part of the, the, the intrigue of this team going forward. Well, let, let's go through these one at a time. Here's, a, here's the thing about – yeah, I agree with most of what you said about Rondo. But, he, but here's my problem with it. One, one uh, uh, like you said, uh, he has a lot of similarities to Lonzo, so at this point it feels like a redundancy. But, but more importantly, look – Lonzo has a lot in common with young Rondo, but current Rondo, again, even though, to, to his credit, Rondo played fantastically in the playoffs again after playing well in the playoffs two years ago with the Bulls before he got hurt. Uh, but, but my thing about Rondo is he doesn't play defense anymore. Lonzo is right. a good defensive guard. I don't, I don't see the need unless you're trying, unless, again, some kind of move, uh, like it, it creates a situation where the Lakers have to trade Lonzo. And then they have a, a similar Lonzo type in the in the background, except he doesn't he doesn't defend the same way. And I don't, yeah, I just don't like the move because it cut, I, I, it cuts into his minutes. I it's fine, I get it. Look, I the 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 Rondo thing. It's like it's gonna it, the move was made for the playoffs because the idea is like, well, you know, Lonzo sure. played nice. All of these moves were made with like, okay, let's get veterans in here. That way, we don't like in case the young guys can't do it. We don't have to rely on you guys, but I can. I would like. I like the idea of. In, in, I like. In, the other thing about uh, about Lonzo Ball, the thing that makes him different than Rashawn Rondo is that he's four or five inches taller than him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And having a six, having a six 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 seven guard who can defend a point guards is like a. It's a different thing, especially with with LeBron out there as well. Like the, the my in my mind the the main advantage that like the Laker lineup with with LeBron has in it is like just. Especially if, if Randall stayed, but now we we sort of they sort of need a a more accurate you know switchable center figure unless LeBron's going to play center. But like the notion of like playing Ingram out there who can also he's seven feet tall but can defend guards. Uh, you know what I mean? If you put Lonzo out there with LeBron, uh, 
Kuzma's not a great defender, but you put Hart out there with that. That team's a really good defensive team that doesn't sacrifice offensively. But I don't know, like, with some of these pieces they made, if, if that's going to be the case with depth. You know, look, I and I understand that's why they re-signed KCP, but I just I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking I at their roster, tough. Calvin, and I'm sorry. I'm just not impressed. I, I mean, I, I don't even know, obviously, the rosters that are listed right now. They're, they're not, I'm not seeing guaranteed contracts, and I see Isaiah Thomas as well. So who knows what happens with him? He's not going to sign with the Lakers, obviously. Um, but it just it seems to me like they're trying to piece something together that is it's going to have to be carried by LeBron James again. And from what we saw in Cleveland, I mean, maybe the talent level will make the Lakers uh, better than what I'm expecting them to be throughout the regular season. But I just, I, I feel like th- this team is a little bit too young and LeBron is sort of getting into the, uh, the end of his career here. And I don't know if he's ready to, to carry another team like this throughout the regular season. Again, the playoffs might be a different story, especially if you've got guys like Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo at full health who have been there before uh, and are going to be composed and poised to come in off the bench uh, to spell some of these younger guys who, who might need to sit down once in a while if they get a little overhyped. But uh, aside from that, I, I just – I, maybe I'm not buying into to your young guys enough. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, uh, not seeing enough of them p- play, and I'm, I just haven't seen enough games or something. I just I don't I don't see how this is going to make them uh, like a guaranteed first round home playoff series in the top four in the Western Conference. It's it's it seems it seems really improbable to me. Yeah, I, get, I mean, guarantee is a funny thing to say, right, in the West, but I just look, I look, I, I'm not as much. Sorry, of a sorry, I'm not, not guarantee, I don't want to say guarantee, but like, you're, you're sort of making it sound like my, my take off the top here was, was kind of outrageous. And I, I'm, I feel pretty strongly about it. So I don't think it's outrageous. Well, uh, I, I, but. I, I, think, I think once you tempered it with sort of like, you think that the Lakers are going to not take the regular season off, but like, not care as much about it and then be a factor in the playoffs is a different take than like, oh, I don't think this sure. team has it. I, you know what I mean? In, in other words, what your take that you're actually saying is like, is like this team is not going to like, uh, they're not going to like give it their all the entire season and they're going to have some things to work out, but they might, but that's not necessarily that they're like in actuality the sixth, fifth most dangerous. Yeah, no, and uh, no, definitely, definitely not. But you know what? Depending on what their first round matchup would be, I, they could be a first round out. They might not even win. This could be the first time LeBron gets knocked out of a, a playoff series in the first round, just because those top four or five teams in the Western Conference are still going to be strong, and you know that's a fact, regardless of whether the Lakers uh, sort of waltz their way through the, reg- the regular season or they play their asses off and, and still don't get as high as some people think they will. Uh, their opponent in the first round is not going to be <laughs> Miami, Milwaukee, Indiana, Washington, like go down the list in the Eastern conference. It's not going to be one of those teams. So I feel like this is probably going to be LeBron James's toughest first round in a long time. And, and that might snap the, the streak of him, not only going to the NBA finals, but getting out of the first round, winning first round home games, et cetera. I think he's, he's, he's put himself in a very challenging position right now. And it's exactly the opposite of what he did 
when he went to Miami and then also went back to Cleveland. So it's almost as if he's trying to sort of change his image a little bit, or maybe he's just trying something new. Either way, my take back then was that I didn't respect the man for not challenging himself. I railed on Kevin Durant for not challenging himself. So I will say this, you have to sort of give LeBron props for trying to go somewhere and sort of build it up again into a situation that wasn't that great and hope that, it, that he can be the one to make the Lakers great again. Because you know what? In four years, if the Lakers have, have gone to the finals twice and won a, won a finals or something like that, it, I think that this was a successful move for LeBron James. So he's taken a, a little bit of a risk, the biggest risk that he's taken in a long time, and I'll, I'll give him props for that. And I, I think, honestly, it probably will work out for him over the four years, but this coming year – to me is going to be a little bit more rough than, than what uh, people are trying to make it seem like right off the bat here. Let me ask you this. Uh, just as uh, similar. What do you, what do you, so what do you make of this decision ultimately? Cause you kind of, you kind of hinted at it. Like, is it, it does, is it like a victory for the, for the Lakers in terms of like, uh, like, Oh, maybe this, this new group, like Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka, like LeBron just came in there and he trusted them so much that like, no. In part of it, yes, he, he hates Cleveland, Dan Gilbert, whatever. Do you think it's like a magic thing, or do you think like he just wanted to come to LA so bad it didn't yep. it didn't really matter what else was going on? Is that I how, think LeBron? You... I think LeBron just wanted he wanted there. He wanted to go there. He wanted to be in LA. He wanted his wife wanted him to be in LA. He wants his kids to have a solid foundation of where they're going to live. His kid goes to school there. I think that this was all all LeBron, which is why I also don't buy into all the other talk about guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard demanding to go there to be play with LeBron, et cetera. Who knows if they even talk to each other. Rajon Rondo's quoted as saying that he hasn't had a single conversation with LeBron. That was like a day or two after he signed something like that. So I just, I, I feel like this was solely LeBron's decision. This is what he wanted to do. Him and his family, they decided on this and it was LA. It was the Lakers are bust. And he probably also feels like he can get the Lakers back to prominence and be a winning team again. But what I would ask you, Calvin, is do you trust LeBron? And also, do you trust Polinka and Magic Johnson? Because I don't think LeBron went there for them. And we've seen what happens to teams when LeBron leaves. It's happened three times now, or twice, and it's going to happen a third time here with Cleveland twice for Cleveland, once for Miami. They're kind of in shambles. Miami's really not in very good shape right now. They're it's a bottom feeder or a bottom playoff team in the Eastern Conference. That's not great. And that's, that's not where they want to be. That's not where Pat Riley wants to be. So I feel like LeBron leaves teams in shambles. So what's going to happen to the Lakers in 2022? Are you going to ride these four years out and be really pumped up and happy and, and then fall off a cliff? That's what I'm hoping for. Right. I mean, but see, you, you, by, you're sort of pointing at, at danger, but by pointing at danger, you, you really hinted at the Lakers' biggest victory in all this, which is like LeBron's been doing this one-in-one thing and using his power to like hold – Oh, you got him. And, and like yep. – Yeah, and, and making them like – forcing them to make decisions, like otherwise he might leave or just the constant like, oh, LeBron's going to go into this free agency year. Is he going to leave? Oh, we'll do an interview with him. He doesn't know. Nobody knows what he's going to do. First, first of all, doesn't it, in retrospect, kind of feel like he was always going to go to the Lakers? You know, Philadelphia like came out and they said a statement like, "Oh, LeBron took our our bid very seriously." 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I bet he did. I I, yeah. Just as seriously as Durant took the Celtics last year, right? Yeah. LeBron didn't show up for their meeting. And he, met with the, he met with the 76ers and then picked the Lakers three hours later. Like, I, my, my belief that the 76ers were very close to getting LeBron is like, I don't know. I feel like yeah, I don't think so. So yeah. I wouldn't say it's 0% because I feel like the basketball competitor in LeBron was telling him that the best place for him, at least this year, would have been Philadelphia to get back to the NBA Finals. I think he knows that. I think he realizes that. He has to. He has to realize that it's going to be a grind to try and get back to the NBA Finals this year. He has to realize that that, that his streak is potentially going to end this year. And, and there's more of a chance of that this year than there has been in the last few years. If he didn't realize that, he wouldn't be the greatest of all time. He, would, he wouldn't be in the discussion for it. He has to know this. So to me, yeah. going, I mean, that's, it's just, he's, he's aware of the situation and he didn't want to go to Philadelphia. So, but part of him probably did want to go there. So like, you can't rule that out. I'm not saying zero, but if you really are a 76ers and you thought you were going to get LeBron James for sure, and you believed everything they, they said, like, no way. No they way. Come did. on, guys. You're delusional. They all thought it. Thought, like, it was all over their blog. Like, oh, LeBron is coming for sure. And even Houston fans thought it. It's just fascinating to me, like, how people don't read the tea leaves and say, like, look, I wanted Paul George, and there was a, a, a time where I'm like, eh, I feel like Paul George is, is sort of faking them out. But, like, before he signed, I'm like, yeah, you know what? He's probably not. Yeah, and then, it, you know, granted, Paul George signed at the beginning of free agency. And, again, we can get into me being wrong about that if you want. But I was right about LeBron, which is – about a, You about were. That's nine, even bigger. Yeah, and I was right about LeBron about – yeah, about nine months ago I said he was coming to the Lakers. So I feel pretty good about that. But, yeah, you're right. Paul, Paul George got me. Congrats, Paul George. You burned me. But back, Paul, back to LeBron for a second. Paul yeah. George did get you. I, and but, but, we, we don't have to yeah. spend too much time on that. But that, that to me, it goes back to what I was just saying about LeBron and, the, and his decision. It, it, it didn't come down to who else was going to go play with him. It didn't come down to what the roster looked like. Uh, it just came down to where he and his family wanted to go and spend the next four years. And honestly, I think if the Clippers had, had not been such a joke of a franchise for the last 30 years and, and, sort of been something that was a, a contender at any point, then he would have considered them as well. But this is the Lakers we're talking about. This is an all-time franchise. He's an all-time player. He wants to be among the greats. And this is, for all these reasons, is why he ended up signing with the Lakers. And yeah. aside from that, so I'm you sort of getting off of – Four years. Hold on. I'm sort, of, I'm sort of getting off yeah. of the, the praise that I gave him earlier because huh. – uh, he he does have that challenge ahead of him as well. I just don't know how much of the decision went was was that. You know, like I don't think he's going there because he wants to challenge himself necessarily. I think he's willing to take on the challenge, and that's commendable. But ultimately, I think it's for all these other reasons that he signed with the Lakers. But I, I think he just has belief in himself. I don't think LeBron's going to the Lakers because he feels he doesn't want to win. That's like this narrative is being spun by other places. No, no, they, no, no, no. I wouldn't say LeBron's that. He's going to still to try and win, and he wants to try and make them better. That's obvious. Yeah. And, and even, even, beyond, even beyond that, he probably still, still feels like, yeah. And, and the Lakers do too, by the way, which is why, like, yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm complaining about some of the moves they made. Uh, again, I, I didn't like the, the re-signing of KCP, even though he's a good defender. Uh, I didn't like letting Brooke Lopez go because we could have held on to him for $4 million and he 
stretch five, it would have fit perfectly again with LeBron. But what? But whatever. The point is, is like they signed all these guys to one-year deals with the same idea of rolling it over till next year, seeing who's available. And you know, because LeBron is LeBron and LA is LA, people that's people Kawhi Leonard. Come. Yeah, let's let's trans let's transition this conversation to Kawhi Leonard if you don't mind, because this situation is so freaking interesting to me. This Kawhi right. scenario. Do you want to transition this conversation to Kawhi Leonard or to a caller? Because we actually have a caller. Uh, you can pull the caller up. It's fine. All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go right back to Kawhi Leonard because you're fascinated by this, and I don't even know if he's gonna play a game for the Spurs. I'm writing it down. I'm actually writing it down on a piece of paper. Kawhi Leonard, so I don't forget. Um, we are going to go to the 207. Calvin, I vaguely recognize this number. I feel like it's been a very long time since we spoke to this man. And if it is him, then welcome back. Is it, is it you, Mad Dog? What's up? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. What's going on, guys? What's up? How are you, sir? Welcome back to the show. Yes, uh, I just wanted to say, say, say to Calvin, um, congratulations to getting back to, to um, be, being relevant again. In the NBA landscape, thanks, buddy. Uh, it, it, it's been a while, it, 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 but but yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. And I've been hearing a little bit about what you guys have been have been uh, saying. It, it, and here and here's how I look at it. And I've been trying to go through the the Western Conference teams and who. Who could you make a legitimate argument for being for being better than the Lakers right now? And I think that there's two two no brainers, and that's the Rockets and that's the the Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors won the Rockets too. Other than that, I think that every single thing three 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 every single team three for eight. You, you you could make an argument for for the Lakers being 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 in that third or fourth spot out there. I, I just uh, like even though the, that it's loaded out there, you know, the Oklahoma City is very good. Port, Portland's very good. Who knows about New Orleans? How that's going to go? Are, are they going to have the same year? They, they they have Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, but Utah. Are, are they going to have the same type? Utah. With 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 Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert out there, uh, it it's just so I could see a scenario to where the Lakers kept the third, uh, the third or or fourth seed in the West, and it, it and their supporting cast it, it, it is that it's not like that that LeBron is surrounded by guys that were not highly drafted. Guys out there, Ingram and Ball were were yeah. were the oh, yeah. number two pick. Yeah, Doug, the, the talent the talent is certainly there. And Calvin, it sounds like he's he's on your side here. But you have not actually made any sort of prediction. Not that I'm going to hold you to this because it's only July 10th, and there's still plenty of time for rosters to shape out. But I mean, do you think that I'm off base here? Do you think that the Lakers are going to be a top four team in the West? Uh, I think they'll be a top four team, yeah. But again, I don't, I don't hate your, uh, you know. Once you clarified what you meant, I, I don't hate your idea. I just, I think if they'll find a way anyway to get into that top four, I just based on, I, I sort of am with Mad Dog in, in certain respects. Although, like, look, I, 
as, as well as Houston played last year, and they played well, I, I sort of feel like their entire system is based on everyone doing their job in a certain way that I wonder whether, you know, now that we're sort of getting into this thing, I wonder if losing both Ariza and Mbamute so is going to affect their defense enough that, like, because remember, James Harden's still on that team. We'll see what happens with Capella. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll end up resigning. That's true. But, like, if, if yeah, they find him, supposedly, supposedly Capella's going to sign, or they offered him a, a decent deal, and, and it looks like he's going to sign there. So, moving yeah, on. I'm sure he will. But, but, and, and, and that's that's fine. Okay. But I again, I I wonder if, because they're a team that uh, the, the way they spread the floor, they lost. Like, two of their better three-point shooters and defenders, by the way, in in that position, the starter and the backup, who, like, how are they going to replace that? You know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Maybe they'll take a small step back. Do I still think they're better than the Lakers right now? Yeah, but I'm not convinced that Houston – I don't know if I would be convinced that that system would be able to run it back anyway, especially with Paul getting another year older um, and, you know, who, someone who has, has health problems all the time anyway. I don't uh, – yeah, I don't think – I would bring the Lakers aside. I'm not 100% convinced that Houston's going to run it back the way they did last year. Anyway. Fair enough. Um, I mean, they did just re-sign Gerald Green this, this to one year deal. <laughs> That's not good for you. No, I, 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 I think that James Harden might be good enough to have them ride through the regular season though. We've already seen that. They, and they don't need to be the one seed that they could still be a two or three and be ahead of the Lakers in my opinion. Uh, and I think that James Harden is, is the type of guy that can carry a team throughout the regular season. And that's part of the reason why I would flip the, my pick from, from Houston to the Lakers in the playoffs, because James Harden is not going to carry a team that far through, through the playoffs. You need another guy. You need a Chris Paul. And you, you saw that uh, last year, just a couple months ago, they lost because Paul was hurt and, that's a big part of it, and that's not the only reason. Obviously, some would argue Golden State is better than, better anyway, but I think it, it's a, kind of a scenario where it would have been a little bit different game anyway it, had Chris Paul been there. It wouldn't have been such a blowout with a terrible three-point shooting percentage for those Rockets in that game seven. Um, but either way, Mad Dog, it's great to hear from you. And, uh, I mean, it's not all it's not all Lakers here tonight. We're going to talk some Celtics. So if you want to throw anything out there really quick before you go, yeah. let's do it right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna I was gonna ask if I could get you to a Celtics point, but but just real quick, and I want to uh, I'll go to your side a little bit, Rory. With all that said, I don't expect the Lakers to to um, win a championship. I don't think that. There, there's a very little chance of them getting out of the West. I just think that there is yeah, potential there with Ball, with Ball um, improving, and Ingram improved in the second half of the year, uh, the, last year, and, and uh, he of course has a lot of talent. He just has to physically adapt himself to the NBA. I, I think that I think that he could break out. And Kuzma had a very good. Good, good rookie year. There's potential there, and but and, and I would love to see a a, a Celtics Lakers uh, Kyrie and LeBron final at some point. That would be that would, that would be a lot of fun. But 2020, uh, but, 2020, yeah, there, yeah. Mad Dog, 2020. That's going to be yeah. the one, right there. Yeah. But the Celtics uh, uh, coming off of a great year, obviously, and and we, and everybody's looking forward to. To to uh, next year, 
with, with everybody healthy. It's, it's just my question, and I think it's, that this team is going to the NBA Finals has a great chance to beat Golden State. I think that Tatum and Brown make that step forward. I'm just wondering what you guys think, and this will be and this will be my Celtics point here. Is that what do you guys think about how the chemistry with this roster is going to be with Kyrie back, with Gordon Hayward back? We have not seen this team fully constructed, fully constructed, and and on the floor for 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 more than five minutes. And so, so yep. I'm just wondering what you think of that, and and yeah. and. Uh, and do you guys expect a, a Tatum and Brown to to make that next step? I I, cert, I certainly do. I'm really excited about those guys. Well, guys, the limit for for this roster, and I think it can be fun. I'm just wondering what you think oh, about it's, about it's definitely going to be fun. Mad Dog, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate you listening for sure. Um, it's definitely going to be fun. Calvin, let's go off on this little tangent here quickly before we get back to Kawhi Leonard because the Celtics are, are, are shaping up to be the number one team in the East this year. I'm going to go so far to say that. Philadelphia, obviously a contender. Toronto, we'll see what happens with them. They uh, are changing coaches, so you never know what's going to happen in a situation like that. Uh, obviously, Victor Oladipo in Indiana is is going to probably come back and have another decent season, but the Celtics right now look like the best team in the Eastern Conference. As far as chemistry is concerned, I, I'm not too worried about it, but the thing that is, is in the Celtics' favor is that they have a full training camp of everyone being healthy and being back and, and ready to go. Uh, if you remember last year, Kyrie Irving was acquired and sort of – in the middle of training camp. I think he missed a little bit of time there at the beginning. Uh, and the Celtics really didn't have practice time. So I think that, that you're going to see them come out really strong and then you're going to have to sort of wait and see what happens with uh, health throughout the season, because that's going to be a question with this team every year. It seems it's a question with almost every NBA team for that matter. Uh, but I do expect Jason Tatum to take a step forward, Jalen Brown as well, to continue his progression. And I, I'm really excited about what the Celtics are bringing to the table. And I'm not concerned about chemistry issues at all because it, the, the the way that, the, that their system is sort of set up, it's a team game and they're not relying on any one individual and it flows through a lot of different players and they rely on their coaching staff to put them in a good position. So, I'm not, I don't honestly I don't have any concerns about the Celtics in the regular season next year whatsoever. It's just a matter of what they look like towards the end of the season and in the playoffs as far as health and uh just the development of their young players. I expect them to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's that's the expectation around here now. So they that's that's a little bit higher bar than what they've had in the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think Look, next season's not going to be without its issues. I think the, the the biggest thing hanging over the Celtics. I mean, we'll get into the Celtics much more. But sort of a, a, we have so many topics to discuss tonight. Uh, the the only real one related to the Celtics I'd, I'd like to get into a little bit is, is, is just because the Kyrie the Bronx stuff is happening. A, a little bit of your, more of your take on that. But other than that, um, and you know, Marcus Smart down the line. I think maybe we'll talk about that more when we figure out what yeah. happens or, or next week. A, a, Good, we yeah. still got a good amount of time here, yeah. so I think we'll hit on but, both but, of those eventually. Yeah. But, but yeah. go ahead. In, in, yeah, and going forward, something you know, something 
to, to look at, and we'll talk about this more too, but I'm just touching on it briefly now, is like what do they do with sort of the Hayward Brown Tatum scenario, right? Once if Hayward comes back and he's healthy and he's a guy who can get minutes back, what do you do in that situation? You know, guy who's, you know, quote in his prime versus like, you know, the idea of not necessarily studying the development of other guys, but like there's only so many minutes to go around. Like, what do you do? Do you like start looking at trade? It feels like the Celtics, you know, have some sort of trade uh, that they're going to have to make, but going down the line, but I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, that, that can be addressed once, you know, we get a better idea of what sort of Hayward condition is going the next season. But <clears throat> that, those are my main thoughts on the Celtics right now. You're right that they are, they're sitting, you know, relatively pretty right now, especially without LeBron. That's, yeah, that's the other thing about, about this LeBron thing we didn't even get to. Look, that celebration music was for me, but to be fair, like, that's, <laughs> in a way, that celebration music should also be for you. Oh, it definitely is. Believe me, between being able to poke holes in the Lakers and the Celtics being the favorite in the Eastern Conference, this is absolutely 100% a celebration for me as well. And I'm not throwing cold water on that. I will play it all day. Let's let's go. Like, it's it's, it's happening. The Celtics, listen, man, I I already have aspirations to sell my tickets to that Laker game when LeBron comes to town. I don't even need to see him this year. I don't care. I'm just going to try and earn $500 on these tickets. Like somebody buy my tickets for 500 bucks. Somebody do it. They're in the balcony. You know, the tickets are going to go for that much. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not into it next year. Maybe, but I'm, 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 dead set on selling those tickets so maybe i maybe i just jinx myself i'm going to knock on wood hopefully i didn't but those tickets should be going for a lot of money that's my opinion and i got burned on kobe's last game in boston because i went and they got smoked so i learned my lesson these things are as good as sold nice all right so let's get back to Kawhi here right because again we interesting to me and this is another Another wrinkle in the Lakers scenario aside, right? I don't even want to necessarily – well, actually, I do want to get into the Lakers aspect of it. But I also want to get into the Kawhi aspect of it. Because uh, and you, you, know, you were naming, like, oh, the, you know, uh, the Lakers and their position. Like, certainly the Spurs are falling out of position, right? Listen, if you go back and listen to the first 40 minutes of the show, I named yeah. a lot of different teams that yeah, the Lakers were going to be better than. I did not yeah. mention San Antonio one bit, and that pained me, but I didn't. I didn't say their name because they don't deserve it. And by the way, again, the Lakers were better than San Antonio last year without LeBron in the second half of the season anyway. But that's neither here nor there. All right? They didn't have Kawhi then, and they're not going to have Kawhi now. I don't care what happens. Look, I don't care what happens with this deal. He like, doesn't want to play there. Look, look, I don't care if he goes to Philadelphia. I don't care if he goes to Boston. I mean, I care, but I'm, I'm, just, saying, I'm just saying for dramatic effect. I don't care if he goes to the Lakers. The, the idea that Kawhi Leonard is going to go back to the Spurs and play with them at the start of the next season at this point to me seems outrageously far fetched. Maybe, maybe that happens, Rory. Like apparently, like the, the I think, but in my opinion, the idea that like they're still trying to talk to him and like oh oh they're not trying to explore trades. You know why they're not trying to explore trades right now? Because they have no leverage. That's why, Rory. They have no they have no leverage at all. But I think right. I think you know, like. All these stories coming out now about how like Kawhi might decide to sit out the season, and oh, oh, Kawhi was injured, and he like was hiding, like his his people were hiding them from Spurs representatives who like wanted to come see if he was healthy during last season. Like this, forget again, forget any connection to the Lakers. This Kawhi Leonard story has escalated 
to like an insane degree to me. It's insane. Um, I, what, what, it's what absolutely insane. I just I I feel like the guy has wanted out for a long time. I feel like maybe he never even wanted to play for San Antonio. He got drafted there. He uh, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he just he was just trying to play it out, and now he then he thinks he deserves big money. He's trying to get force his way out of town. This thing is crazy because it, it, the argument when people heard that he the doctors were saying that he could play, but he was saying he couldn't, was that it was a mental thing and he that he, he wasn't ever going to be the same. But now all this other stuff is coming out, so maybe he's just being petty. And I just I really don't understand what his mindset is, but it seems it seems like it's not the smartest move to try and force your way out of one of the most model franchises in the league. And I just, I, regardless of anything that, that comes out and it has been said about this situation, I feel like anyone on, on this roster, regardless of your talent level should just play out your contract and walk away. Don't demand a trade, nothing like that. You're playing for the San Antonio Spurs. It's not like you're, you're I mean, I, I guess I, maybe I understand you don't like being in San Antonio or something like that. Who knows? But it's, it's not like you're uh, playing for a terrible franchise and you're losing all the time and you're in a bad city on top of it. I, I just, I, I feel like he, it would have been in his best interest to just keep quiet and play it out and deal, deal with uh, free agency after the fact. No, but, but if you're so offended at the way Popovich has talked about you and the way Tony Parker talked about you, who's gone now, but people will speculate, oh, it's, it's a way to try to appease Kawhi, but I, I don't think so. I think Tony Parker's just washed, and I don't think the Spurs would, like, make that move at this point to try to get Kawhi back if Tony Parker had value. But, yeah, but I'm just saying, if you're, if you're that upset with the organization, like, Maybe that, that is a, you just don't want to play for them no matter what, and you're going out of your and he really is going out of his way to sort of make his We don't know if he's healthy. He says he only wants to play in Los Angeles, and then he'll he'll sit out the season if he, if he's not traded there. Like, it, let me ask you this because I, I and it, as a Laker fan, put yourself in my shoes for, for this situation because I, I I've even found this super interesting from this perspective because there was a time when when it's it's laughable now, but like. The idea that like LeBron was not going to come here without a second start. Remember that? Remember when that was like the big story being reported by the media? Well, that that really turned out to be a joke, right? But at the time, it was like, hey, it's all or nothing for the Lakers. Like, and it seemed to be out there. Like the Lakers feel this pressure. Well, I think it still kind of is, Calvin. I mean, it's it's still kind of all or nothing because they they still need to make a move next year. Based on what I was saying earlier. There's there's a lot of work for the Lakers to do, so it, I mean they still do have some proving of themselves to do here. But well, well, Rory, what you're talking about now is all or something. It's, it, it's not all it's not all or nothing. It's all or LeBron. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that's the point that I'm making. It's like the Lakers okay. were either gonna, gotcha. the Lakers were either going to sign LeBron and and trade for Kawhi or make some crazy trade for Kawhi in which the Spurs were asking for it. Or apparently Ingram, Hart, Kuzma, and two first-round draft picks, which is a pretty insane trade to me. Wild. So crazy. Or, or yeah, it's first fans on their bloggers are acting like they, they still didn't get enough in that scenario for Kawhi. Or, Honestly, I, okay. I, I think the Spurs have, have really sort of taken the Danny Ainge approach to this trade situation, and they are, they're saying, well, we're not trading him for anything except for top, really top dollar, like more than top right. dollar. 
but you have to look like you have to look at market realities at a certain point. And then this is the point that I'm making to you. It, sure. It's just fascinating. It, look, it's yeah. fascinating to me like how this trade worked because I feel like at the time, but look before the before LeBron committed to the Lakers, especially as a Laker fan, the, the notion of like losing LeBron, I was willing to go down that road and end up with like yeah, just give me Kawhi and LeBron and Lonzo. And like, yeah, I'll, I'll just roll with whatever league minimum bets you can get from there. You know, if you want to just add Rondo and Lance Stevenson, whoever after that, <laughs> that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that. And maybe you might even make the argument if Kawhi is 100% healthy that like that team is is interesting enough anyway, right? But I'll put all that being said, Rory, now, now that LeBron has come to the Lakers and now that Kawhi is like even more so, like essentially saying like he's going to tank any trade anywhere else, like. You, the, the the trade offers that in, in the wake of that decision, basically like the start of free agency, like the, the it's it, the Spurs who had leverage at the time essentially have zero leverage now. And now as a Laker fan, like what do you what do you think I should watch? I'm, I'm because I'm, I almost feel like why should we trade Ingram if he's coming here next year? Anyway? No, like yeah, like, you, why, you, that's absolutely. Even, you should just wait. You're absolutely right. You just wait it out regardless of which one of us is right about where they finish in the regular season, you have to imagine they're going to have a competitive playoff series, whether they win or not, they're not going to get stomped. They're going to make the playoffs. You're on the way up. You absolutely want to just wait it out with this roster this year and let, let things shake out after the season and Kawhi Leonard shows up and maybe some of these younger guys are gone and you have to swallow that pill. Uh, but it, that's that should be fine to you because if Kawhi Leonard signs, then that means that the four-year window turns into a, a, a little bit longer of a window, and who knows? Maybe it could be 10 years at that point. If you go from a situation where you've got LeBron James for four years and then you ha- have a, a young guy that has not only played with LeBron James for three of those years but is already a superstar in his own right to sort of take over – and then you can trust your you, if you can trust your GM to make the right moves and form a roster around Leonard, your window just opened up really wide. So that's what they're banking on, and that to me is not a bad decision by them. Obviously, it's a it's yes, there's risk involved, but if it seems like there's a, a high reward for this situation, and they just they just have to assume that Leonard is going to come and they're going to be able to move pieces, uh, move players from their roster to, to make him fit. And that is going to be a good thing for the, for the franchise. So assuming you can put a good roster around those guys going forward, then it's, it's a no brainer. Let me ask you this. At a certain point, it becomes worth it again though, right? Like at a certain point when it, with his trade value low enough. And I'm just, I just can't figure out exactly just because of the notion of, of like yes, waiting okay, for Kawhi. So now, I mean, now if we're getting into it, we can look around yeah, and sort of say, all right, uh, the Spurs are, are twenty in and uh, thirty at the trade deadline, or whatever their record would be out of the playoffs. He needs to m- make a deal over there. RC Buford has to make a deal. The Lakers are the best option. Fine, but at that point, Calvin, don't you think the Celtics would swoop in and say, no, he's coming here for half a season and sweeten the deal a little bit as a rental to try and get him to stay in Boston, even though they may not believe that he would stick around. I think that would make them better this immediately. I don't know. I'm just, uh, this is all hypothetical. Know. Obviously I feel like no matter well, when why- his value is lowest, there's going to be somebody else with a deal that, that is better than what the Lakers can offer. Well, here's the thing. 
better than what the Lakers can offer is a different thing than better than what the Lakers will offer, right? And this yeah. is this is why, this, this is like true. This it's it's an amazing game of like reverse poker, right? It's like who is going to win with the lowest hand? You know what I mean? Like, or, or this just slightly because it, right now it seems like like the Celtics aren't willing to include Jalen Brown, and you know why would they, right? In a Kawhi trade at this point, who like the most of the Celtics assets? Yeah, they could easily beat a, a you know a, right. like the, no no they wouldn't. The Spurs, like uh, according to uh, San Antonio reports, like the Spurs prefer to trade offer centered around Jason Tatum. Well, that's that's great for them, but like what, there's there's no chance that right. happens. Right, and so there was there was also information out there that said that the Celtics offered a draft pick uh, and Kyrie Irving straight up for Kawhi Leonard, and yeah. to me that seems that seems reasonable to me. So, uh, oh, really? regardless of which, I think listen, I think that's reasonable because and we can get into this in a few minutes too, uh, if you want to anyway, because I'm not sold on the fact that Kyrie signs an extension with the Celtics. Uh, I'm a little wary that he's going to walk away after this this upcoming season. So let's push that for a few minutes at least. But um, I, I probably would have, would, would have taken that deal assuming that you could convince Ka- Kawhi to stick around. And obviously now we're, we're saying we're, we're talking about convincing a guy to stay all the way across the country from a, pla- a place that he really wants to be. So that's a little bit more difficult of a decision, but I just didn't think that it was an outlandish deal if, if it was true that the Celtics made that offer and the Spurs still turned it down. So I would I don't know find that uh, under the assumption that the Celtics did make that offer because who knows, right? I, I would find that that would so much team imbalance. And I know Rozier played well last year, but again, you're talking about incorporating yeah. Hayward, Hayward and Kawhi into that scenario with Brown and Tatum. It's just, I Listen, don't see how that, it, it just it to me it looks it looks like it, it looked like a roster of what Danny Ainge wants. He wants six foot seven, eight, nine guys yeah. that can run the floor, shoot the three, dunk the ball, play some defense. He wants this yeah. type of player. He wants five of them on the court if he could. That's that's probably part of the reason he got Al Horford because while Al plays more like a big man most of, uh, sometimes not most of the time sometimes he plays more like a big man he can still do those things as well as a six foot nine player if he could get a six foot seven six foot six point guard like Lonzo Ball as far as height is concerned not as far as overall talent is concerned because he can't shoot but if you find a guy like that that can play point Danny Ainge would eat him up in a in a second. And that would be that would be what what he wants. He wants five guys that are all like that. So to me, Brown, Tatum, uh, Leonard, Hayward, and player X would be ideal for Danny Ainge. And that's why I, I believe he would have made that trade. But what do I know? I don't have any inside information or anything. Yeah, I mean, again, I still feel the need to defend Lonzo because I love him. But yeah. Yeah, he he didn't shoot last year, but A, he was a rookie, shot well in college, maybe he will never shoot, but like he was good at basically every other element of basketball. Little, like the the LeBron the Lonzo was a bus narrative. It's like a What's the Rondo comparison? Yeah. Okay, that's anyway. Fine. That's yeah. Anything else about oh, Kawhi yeah. Leonard here before we move on? No, it's just like uh, yeah, I'm fascinating to see where he goes. And I think like again, the, the, at a certain point if it comes down and it, to me, it just comes down to like, I just I really like Brandon Ingram, and like if it if it turned into like, you know Kuzma being the primary player, in you know 
I could lose Kuzma and Hart in that scenario and be okay with it. And whoever X player you want on the team who's not LeBron or, or Ingram, and I'd be fine with it. Even, you know, I, I like Lonzo a lot, but even if Lonzo was a primary guy in that deal, I'd, I'd be okay with it. But I don't see, I don't see the need for it because like, yeah, Philadelphia is not, not offering Fultz in that scenario now, even though Fultz, uh, off of the year he had, his trade value's kind of way down. Boston's not offering anything. Yeah, I, I just, it's it'll be interesting to see where that one goes. Um, briefly on Paul George. Uh, look, congratulations, Oklahoma City, to re-signing Paul mm-hmm. George. Um, yeah, you guys are buying out Carmelo Anthony, uh, or, or you're stretching him, I guess. It, did, did it come out which one they were doing? Was Carmelo uh, No, not yet. Not yet. Not, uh, but not they will yet. be doing something. It's, yeah. it's either going to be think, some sort of a – yeah, I bet it's the stretch provision because yeah. I don't know who else they would do that to going forward. But Yeah, um, he opted in. Why going to buy out? Yes. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Why, why would he? he? I'm sure he wouldn't mind replaying and staying another unit of Gloomus if it came down to it either. So anyway. If he has to sit so there Carme- and so- not even play basketball, he's going to make 20-something million dollars. So, yeah, I don't think Carmelo cares at this point. He knows he's on so his by, way out. Yeah. So the, the reason I didn't think that Oklahoma City was going to re-sign Paul George, and apparently I, w- I was wrong, is that by re-signing Paul George, they were committing themselves to being the highest luxury tax team in NBA history. Or mm-hmm. a team that has almost no chance to win an NBA championship. I know you, you seem to think otherwise. I'm, I don't really think that those pieces fit together. I've obviously, Carmelo was a big part of that uh, problem. I don't, it's not that I think they're going to win an NBA championship. Again, my, we're coming back to they're going to be a better regular season team than, than the Lakers. I, don't, I still don't think they match up at all with Oklahoma or with uh, Golden State. So that's, that's still the benchmark. And, I mean, they're not there. But I like them as a regular season team with Westbrook and George. I mean, let's let's be honest, right? The the biggest winners of this NBA offseason have have clearly been the Warriors, and it's pain it's painful to say, right? Because it's getting mm-hmm. old now, you know, it's getting old. But and I'm not I'm not a hundred percent. Look, Demarcus Cousins coming off an Achilles injury, not going to even be around for the first half of the season, right? Like I'm not convinced that he's going to come back and just be Demarcus Cousins, especially because he's like a 280 pound center, but. I don't even think it matters because if he's like a, if he's a spot up shooter as, as a center, you know what I mean? If he's a spot up shooting DeMarcus Cousins, yeah, he might not even start in, in that scenario because of the way they switch and play defense. Um, if he's a guy who's hobbled at all by that Achilles and he's a step slow, like it, teams are going to be able to take advantage of that um, to a certain degree. Although, you know, Kevin Durant and Tremont out there playing defense, like mitigates that somewhat. But just offensively, what that team's going to be able to do, if you just even just a spot up, like then like you add in Demarcus Cousins, it's like ball handling, um, and even even Demarcus Cousins aside, right? Just the fact that again, the Rockets, like in my opinion, shots open, but LeBron James is like going to the West now, and the Lakers might need some time to you know figure out what they are. Like they're pretty much like. You might as well put your bet in on the, on the Warriors to win another championship now, right? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what the money is. I don't. I don't know what kind of money you'd make on that, but they're certainly the favorite. Uh, I, and obviously, uh, people will say once you get to the finals, all bets are off, whatever. And there's obviously there's going to be a favorite and an underdog. But um, it, if if you can get there, then you have a chance. And it, it, it's it's not that. It's not as guaranteed, obviously, 
but I still would say that uh, it would be a six or seven game series if the Celtics were to get there against Golden State, and the Celtics would likely lose. And that's that's just the reality of it right now. It's unfortunate, and if the Celtics get to the NBA Finals, that is a step in the right direction for them. They're still trying to win that that next title, but. Golden State is the benchmark for everyone, not just for the Lakers, not just for Oklahoma City, etc. That's the benchmark for the Celtics as well at this point, uh, because if they're going to be the favorite to come out of the East, then there's only one place to go after that. So, um, and and that's and that to me makes the Celtics even even more of a favorite because in the East anyway, because Philadelphia is not even. Do you think they're ready to play against Golden State? You think they're even close? Toronto, they can't, they can't even win a game against LeBron, LeBron James in the last two years. You think they're going to be able to play against Golden State in the NBA Finals? The Celtics are literally the only team in the Eastern Conference that I think could win a game against the Golden State Warriors if it came down to it in the NBA Finals right now. So that's, that's what, to me, makes them even more of a strong favorite in the Eastern Conference. Um, and I'd like to now shift gears back to the Celtics to sort of end this show because – uh, this year might be their best chance to win the finals over the next couple of years, depending on the development of their young players, if Kyrie Irving walks away. And that's where my concern is. And I'm not, I don't want to drum up – I don't want to – it's not a scare tactic or anything like that. I'm not trying to worry people. But I'm going to enjoy this year with Kyrie Irving and this awesome roster and the Celtics likely going – to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe a little less likely going to the NBA Finals, but I'd still put them there. This is going to be an awesome run, but in the back of my mind, Calvin, I, I just can't, I, I can't stop wondering whether Kyrie is going to sign an extension or a new deal, I should say, because he's not going to sign an extension, whether he signs a new deal next year or whether he walks away to a team like the Knicks or any other team for that matter. It just... And it comes back to the LeBron James, Kyrie Irving stuff. It sort of came out uh, that part of the reason Kyrie didn't like the fact that LeBron came to Cleveland was that Kyrie had handpicked or uh, recruited the, the roster that was there prior to that. And he wants to build his own team. So he's not going to get that here in Boston. And as much as I love the player, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm telling you, I'm telling him you can't have that if you want to walk away because for that reason, then you're going to have to walk away. Um, but so I, I'm a little concerned that Kyrie has the type of ego that will allow him to do that. And that's where my, my worry would be uh, if I'm getting ahead of myself a full year at this point, because obviously I hope at this time next year we're talking about the fact that the Celtics two weeks ago just won the NBA Finals. I'm fascinated by where this is entirely this is coming from. But I think some of the stuff with LeBron is like Kyrie being younger than he is now, right? I mean, don't forget this is like four years ago, right? Yes, like, sure, yes. I, some of this stuff is like, you know, a 22-year-old Kyrie Irving who's like, you know, you probably quote a lot of dudes at that age, kind of age or how old he was at the time. He's not that old. Anyway, like how old he was at the time, yeah. like I'm sure, I'm sure young, like, yeah, didn't exactly have a lot of maturity. He was, uh, in, yes, Ky- Kyrie idolized Kobe, and I'm not even I'm not even saying that it's negative. My point is, it's like 
Kyrie has always had a like make his own way kind of spirit, right? So like obviously some of that is like presenting just the notion of like LeBron coming to his team and then becoming the focal point when Kyrie wanted to be the focal point of a team, right? And so maybe he feels that way in Boston. Like maybe that's not even an issue. Maybe he feels fairly or unfair, like you know whether Celtics fans would agree or not. Maybe he feels like yeah, I am the focus of this Boston team. But my my only thing with Kyrie is like when you know when I hear about like how much Kyrie, Kyrie loves New York, like that would literally be the only thing to me like being concerned about him re-signing with Boston at this point is like if does he really like New York in, enough to just bounce on on this Boston? Man, ah, New York is so close to Boston. He could drive there in in five hours. He could fly there in in an hour and a half. If he had a private jet. If I was the Celtics and I really wanted this player, I would say, listen, we're going to give you enough money to pay for whatever apartment or house you want in New York City. You can be there all the time if you want, like in the off season. And if you have an off night and we're at a home, like a home Monday, Wednesday situation, go to New York on Tuesday night. Listen, I just let him do whatever he wants. Once he's in the season, that's kind of going to be, I think he's going to be a professional about it because that's the type of person that he seems to be. But throw everything at him is the point. Throw everything you can at this kid if you if you want him to be the cornerstone point guard for the next few years. Otherwise, maybe you have another plan in mind. I don't really know ever what the Celtics are thinking because they keep everything so close to the vest. But um, that uh, to me, if he wants to go to New York of all places. There are there are things that you could organize to be able to make that happen for him. Uh, it would be a first time ever that I, I think somebody got that type of thing from the Celtics. Who knows? I mean, or at least from Danny Ainge, definitely. Uh, if there was some sort of concession made for Kyrie Irving, and that would go kind of against their whole mantra of team and and, and not favoring one specific player, etc. Uh, so I kind of don't see it happening. But if you really want him as to be a Celtic, then that might be something you have to do. Because New York is, come on, really? You really think you're going to make the Knicks that much better? I just, I, that that franchise, unlike the Lakers, Calvin, that franchise seems to be in in tatters. So I'm not if if I'm if I'm a player, I'm not trying to go to New York. And if if it's because you like the city that much, then maybe I have to kind of rethink my take on Kyrie Irving. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I almost hate you for making me make this argument, but, like, there's probably a difference between, like, getting flown out to New York and, like, being, like, the king of the city, right? If you're, you're really, or the guy, the guy who makes the Knicks relevant again, right? Uh, but, like, yeah, I think ultimately he'll end up in Boston. Like, I wouldn't be that. I mean, we'll, we'll see how the season plays out. There's a long way to go there. I wouldn't read too much in him not signing his extension. Like, nobody signs it. No, I didn't. Got, I didn't. Good. It was just all this new stuff that's coming out. And so some of some of the interviews that he he's had recently, he makes it sound like he loves the franchise and he understands the history and he wants to be here and he loves the city and all this stuff. And he's saying all the, all the right things. But there are other interviews where you listen to him and he's, he's very vague about the future, etc. So he says all the right things in the in the moment, but when it comes to what, what's going on for his future, he, he's always vague about it, and he has the right to do that. Obviously, he has no he, he doesn't have to commit to any 
team right now at this point. Um, but it just, it, it's, it, it, sometimes he, he gives out this different, kind of a different vibe, if you will, uh, when he's answering some of those questions about uh, things going forward with the Celtics. So I'm confident that they're going to have a great year this year and he's going to play his ass off and everything is going to go well for them until they meet the Golden State Warriors. And then we'll see what happens, but uh, they will probably get beat in, in six games. Um, you know what I don't understand, Ray? Go ahead. Why, why is all this LeBron Kyrie Irving stuff coming out now? What's the motivation for it? Like who? Because LeBron is in the news. Because LeBron is there. So let's let's tag along. Let's slap something down onto the uh, the LeBron train. Let's put a sticker on the moving caboose here. Let's let's do it. But these stories seem to be more about Kyrie than they do even LeBron, right? One and two. You you say you you have this LeBron Kyrie story, right? You hold you hold on to it after the Kyrie trade, after the season starts. After the Celtics play, uh, after the Celtics play uh, the Cavaliers, uh, after they after they play in the playoffs, and then you and then this information, a bunch of information about their relationship comes out in the off season after LeBron signs with the Lakers. Like that seems to be, I don't know, strategically done for like, not, rather than being relevant. You know, it's, I don't get yeah. like, where this is coming from all of a sudden. I mean, it seems like it's coming from Kyrie's camp. He kind of wants to make it seem like LeBron. It's almost like he's taking away from LeBron. And I don't know. And that's another thing about Kyrie Irving. If, if there's really this a big obsession with LeBron James and and he's uh, he's still worried about things like that and that's all that's all coming from him directly, then, man, I wish he would focus on something else. Like Uncle Drew. That was actually a half-decent movie, Calvin. I saw that movie, believe it or not. I didn't think I was going to. I saw the movie. And it was all right. I don't believe you. Can I just say that? Not that you didn't see the movie. I believe that you saw it. I just don't believe you when you say that it was all right. Well, there were a lot of like NBA type of jokes in the movie, and I, I just, I think I was focused more on uh, the acting of guys like Chris Webber and uh, Reggie Miller. So I was entertained by it. I, I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't watch it again. It's not that type of movie, but I, I was happy that I saw it. How about that? Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. All right. All right. Um, yeah. One one more one more thing to end the show here. Uh, yeah. Celtics related. We, we got to touch on Marcus Smart really quick because I've been I've been hoping that over the last hour something would happen with Marcus Smart and I could stop everything and and say, guess what? News on Marcus Smart. We got brand new breaking news live on Carlos. No, not happening. Nothing's happening with Marcus Smart. Uh, I did see a, a few minutes ago scrolling through Twitter that uh, Marcus Smart appears to be in, in the empty stadium. Somebody took a picture of a guy that kind of looks like Marcus Smart with a guy that looks like Marcus Smart's agent uh, sitting with guys that look like uh, the Nets, Billy King, and somebody else. So the idea here now is that uh, Marcus Smart's trying to drum up interest in himself. And he's trying to get an offer to go back to the Celtics and say, hey, listen, these guys offered me $12 million. You got to give me 12 to $14 million or I'm not going to play for you. And that's when Danny Ainge says, well, Marcus, uh, see you later. Actually, no, I think Ainge would match 12 to $14 million. Um, but the, the strange thing here is that 
There has not been a single offer for Marcus Smart. There have been rumors of offers from the Kings, which were shot down almost immediately last night, uh, or maybe it was two nights ago, either way. Um, but the only other team that it seems to have been seen talking to Marcus Smart is the Brooklyn Nets, like I just mentioned, Calvin. Is Marcus Smart's value really that that low? Why aren't any teams offering him anything? I, I just I'm, I'm confused by this. I thought Sacramento for sure was going to offer him something. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the restricted free agency system, right? And the fact that, like, I mean, Clint Capella also didn't get any formal offers. So, like, and he's also out there not signed yet. I think it just has to do with team control and then somewhat of the notion of, and it has to do with the fact that, like, not that many teams had cap space and some of those teams were trying to hold that over and, like, Marcus Smart doesn't necessarily make sense for them anyway. And part of it's the fact that Marcus Smart can't shoot. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, there you go. Now we're getting down to it. I mean, this Marcus Smart, yeah, it's an interesting scenario with Marcus Smart where it looks like he might end up just having to take his qualifying offer. And, like, in most cases, I'm I'm concerned about guys in that scenario when they end up having to take their qualifying offer. But I feel like Marcus Smart is, like, enough of a gamer where I think, like, he he will compete, and I wouldn't be that. I think oh, definitely. Up, yeah. I th- honestly, I think the I think the qualifying offer might be the best thing uh, for Marcus Smart. Uh, I I think that if he were to get a huge extension right now or a huge contract right now, uh, he he may continue just being the same exact player that he has been. Uh, not that he would be a bad player. Obviously, he, his tenacity is unmatched by almost anyone. Uh, I mean, there's very few guys that you can say would go toe-to-toe with him as far as diving for loose balls and and just hustle plays and basketball smarts and just being in in the right place at the right time, that type of thing. Uh, But being a little bit humbled by the qualifying offer might push him to fix his shot, become a better shooter, be better on offense, do more things on the basketball court, that would allow him to get paid in the following season. And I think that the the system here in Boston is conducive to that. So while it may look like a bad thing on the surface, I think that might be something that really drives him and he could get paid after that and probably not by the Celtics, but I think a qualifying offer playing on this team might actually give him a, a better chance to, to get a big, a big contract from a different team next season. Yeah, I mean, it'll depend on what kind of minutes he gets again with, with the way this team's coming back, assuming if guys are healthy. I'm not sure he gets the same minutes he got last year, especially with Rogier coming into his own as well. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he becomes, you know, a piece that gets moved in, in whatever trade the Celtics make this year. But um, in our remaining time, Ray, I, 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 let's get into, like, some good deal, bad deals. Let's, let's look at some signings real quick. All right? We're just going to do some good right, deal, bad deals. Let's go. Yeah. Chris Paul resigns with the Rockets for four years and $160 million. Do you a Rockets fan, you feel good about that or do you feel bad about it? Kind of a mix, right? I feel, I'm on the side of mix. I feel like you probably need to have Chris Paul back if you're the Rockets. You were right there to give the NBA championship. But, I mean, I don't see Chris Paul being good over the last two years of this deal. And it's really going to hurt down the line, especially if you Wait, don't win. Wait, did you say four years, $160 million? That's what I said, yes. One sixty forty million dollars a year for Chris Paul. That's right. That's right. You heard me. That to me is 
outrageous. Are you kidding me? Is he the highest paid player in the league right now? Maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but. Um, I don't know. (laughs) He might be. $40 million a year for Chris Paul. Why didn't I think it was that big? I I just, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I, uh, yeah. So so I'm I'm guessing you're not a huge fan of the deal. I'm not a huge fan of that deal. I I mean, I feel, I feel like they kind of got fleeced uh, a little bit, $40 million. And obviously the, the, the league is going to be adjusted here, but, um, going forward, I mean, James Harden's only making $30 million a year. And so, I mean, that, that makes Chris Paul the highest play, paid player on Houston. Is he really the most important player? I, man, I don't know about that. By the way, in the way it's structured, he's making $36 million The first, It's like 36, okay. 38, 40, 44. He's, he's been making $44 million in that last, last year, that deal. As, as a, like, All right, so yeah. Russell Westbrook, I'm, I'm just looking through a bunch of salaries. Russell Westbrook's going to make 35 6 this year. Uh, I mean, name another player, I guess. Let's see, Golden State. Yeah, Steph Curry is, is $37 million this year. Um. I don't know what Kevin Durant's deal is going to end up being. It's a, uh, it's he's doing the one in one, so it's like it's like two years, sixty one, is less. Yeah, man. I mean, those are, those are the basically the the couple of players that I was going to be looking for there. It, so to me, Chris Paul seems to be the the highest paid player in the league right now um, until actual salaries come out for eighteen nineteen. Boy, yeah. oh boy, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook. Blake Griffin, Gordon Hayward, Kyle Lowry, James Harden, Mike Conley. Those are all the $30 million men uh, yeah. as of right now. And Chris Paul is making $40 million. That I mean, bank for him. That's good for him, obviously. This is probably going to be the, his last contract, though. Would you agree with that? Um, maybe. I mean, this is going to be his last big contract. If Chris Paul – you know, I feel like Chris Paul loves basketball enough to where, like, could he, – here's the thing. It's, it's age 36 he, so like, could 37-year-old Chris Paul sign a one- or two-year deal? Yeah, I, I could see that happening. But probably like All as right. – it's definitely as a peak NBA player, it's the, the end of his, his run. But, yeah. For sure. All right, what else? All right, so I feel like I'm going to push some of these back to next week because I, I just like free agency talk, I guess. Uh, and we don't have that much else to talk about. But um, DeAndre Jordan signed a one-year deal with the Mavericks out of – opting out of his deal for $24 million. Good deal? A good deal for who? For them, for the team. Wait, he he's making 24 right now? Yeah, he opted out of his deal. One year, yep. Yeah. What, One deal what was his deal going to be for uh, for the Clippers? Uh, it was going to be a combo. I think it was 22 yeah, it, yeah. Okay. It was like his play option. I, honestly, I think that's a I think that's a good deal for him, and I think that that's a, a bad deal for the team. I think Dallas is throwing good money after bad, except that it's bad money after bad. Because listen, but, Dallas is going nowhere. One year deal. To me, this just seems like a, a place for DeAndre Jordan to try and prove himself, and the team's not going to be any good, so it's probably not going to work. And uh, honestly, Calvin, he to me is going to be a uh, a journeyman the rest of his career. Uh, he's looking, he's going to be looking like a mid mid teens million dollar man, in my opinion. So, I mean, I just, I, I feel like uh, the Mavs are 
throwing away money here. And DeAndre Jordan is finally, or not finally, but he's getting paid for one last time. And uh, maybe he'll get another big deal the following season from somebody. And it'll extend out another four to five years. But I don't think he's going to play like a, a, a $40 million type of player. So to me, this is his, his last big, his last big contract. Wait, what the hell are the Mavs doing here? I don't understand. What I don't get it. With this, this obsession with them getting a center. First of all, they, for some reason, I mean, I guess not for some reason. Because he's a face of the franchise. Well, he's uh, from Dallas. Too. I, I think, I think um, I'm going to check this, but I think Mark Cuban has been eyeing him for quite some time. He was. Oh yeah, yeah, he's from Houston, actually. He's born in Houston, so he's uh, he's he's a Texas boy for sure. But I think that, uh, if I remember correctly, Mark Cuban has been linked to him for a few years now. Well, you don't remember that fiasco last time he was a free agent where the Mavericks did sign him, right? Right. He that briefly, and then like uh, he or he agreed to terms with them while the you know while the uh, the free agency like period began, but before the signings were actually allowed to happen. Right, and then, exactly. They, and then he then went they, back. Yeah, they went to go find him like they couldn't find him at his house. Remember, like, the, the whole thing was, like, the, he changed his mind and, like, went into hiding because he was afraid to tell them. So, like, they tried to get him then, but I don't understand why they feel this need to get a center because, first of all, again, Dirk can basically only play center at this point, right? Um, the Mavericks aren't going anywhere, as you say. Like, getting... DeAndre Jordan for one year, especially okay. He's like, he's 29. If you if you want to sign him for like four years because you think that like he's still going to be good then and your team is going to be good at that point because you know maybe you, you like uh, feel highly about Doncic. You know, uh, yeah. Do they him. think he's going to really be the savior or something? Do they think he's yeah. just going to come over and, and be that guy? I just don't get. Yeah, you. Why do you think you're going to be relevant? Like, why do you not want to be bad next year if you're the Maverick? And like you're not, know. you're not going to be good or even average next year. I don't. No. But this deal doesn't make any sense to me. And you're not getting nope. him on any kind of long term. Where like you're going to have to give him another contract next season anyway. I didn't. I didn't just. I don't get it. I don't get what the point is. What you know what, Calvin? I don't really get it either. But we've got less than ninety seconds left, so All I don't right, really have more. anything else to say about it because it it, it confuses me. I got like more Blake Griffin to, to the Pistons. Go ahead. I said I got more guys to talk about next week. We'll have other yep. stuff. Hopefully we'll do a show next week. Yeah, Maybe not. For we'll sure. see. Yeah. All right. The doldrums so of summer. It's it's the the yeah. heat is on and we are on. So yeah, we'll talk to you next week most likely. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. That's the old name. I always screw that up. CLNS Media, why can't I get this right? It's been months. Get it right. Media. Media. Good night, everyone. Good night, Cal.
of stew. A pinch of salt and laughter too. A scoop of carrots to add the spice. A dash of love to make it. 